check flight, flight test, progress check, OPC, line flight. I, what, what does it all mean? To the newcomer, it can be incredibly confusing. And if you get it wrong, it could end in tears. In this episode, I'll discuss the different types of flight checks you'll come across in your career and how to best prepare for them. All that coming right up, so strap in and let's get into it. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 94 of the Flight Training Australia podcast. From Brisbane to Broome, Bendigo to Bathurst Island, wherever you're listening, this is the podcast all about flight training and flying in Australia and beyond. I'm your host, Trent Robinson. Thank you for joining me. Well, another busy week down. Hope you've all had fun and uh, knocking up plenty of hours or having success in applying for those jobs out there, passing your flight tests or knocking over another exam. I've received quite a few messages from you um, about the Mallard, which has been great, and I've tried to answer those as, as best I can. But one common thing that has been coming up is, you know, what is line training and a proficiency check and the, the confusion about I finished the type rating, so why am I doing line training? What's the difference? And is a test involved or not? All really great questions. And I thought I would uh, run through all the different types of checks one might come across in a typical aviation career whether it be uh, solo, right through to airlines, and how best to prepare for them. So we'll start right at the very beginning, and we'll talk about solo checks. The first nerve-wracking moment of your career, no doubt. So touching on what is most likely, and hopefully will be, one of the most significant milestones in your aviation journey. And that is the first solo flight, that time when the instructor steps out of the cockpit and sends you off on your merry way. Now, you may have listened to episode 29 where I go through the whole first solo process. Uh, So if you haven't listened to that one, I recommend having a, a backtrack and check that one out later on. But in essence, for the solo One of the things, first of all, is usually a little bit of a theory assessment, so ground knowledge. You want to make sure you've got good understanding of the aircraft, the regulations, and the basic emergency procedures up to a solo standard. Now, all we're trying to do at a solo check is make sure that you can essentially get around and do one lap with everything working. You would have done some very basics in uh, engine phase after takeoff and that sort of thing, a glide approach. But nothing else. We're not doing forced landings and all these things, and nor do you need to be proficient at them at this time. The end of the day, let's face it, the odds of something going wrong are pretty small. So it's really just to have exposed you to it that if in the unlikely event something were to happen, you would have uh, a good fighting chance to get that aircraft back onto a smooth surface somewhere and land. All right, so make sure you've got some good ground knowledge. Otherwise... Good old mental preparedness, and this no doubt applies to all the the, the checks that we're about to discuss, but stay calm. Trust your training, believe in yourself, and ultimately trust your instructor. They know what they're doing. They know when you're ready, and you just need to believe them and and go with the process. Sometimes it can be very nerve-wracking, and that little security blanket with your instructor sitting next to you suddenly getting out is, is crazy. And it just seems like 
they're nuts. What are you doing? But trust them. They know what they're doing. Uh, they've done it all before and go with the process and just go and have the most amazing time flying an airplane by yourself for the first time and will not be the last time either. All right. And the only other thing to practice is apart from your flying skills is your communication, just the basics on the radio. Again, radio calls don't have to be perfect. And I can tell you now there's plenty of commercial pilots where the radio calls aren't perfect, but as long as you can communicate effectively with the tower, understand their instructions and follow them, then you will be just fine. All right, moving on next to flight tests. Now, flight tests, again, really the ultimate challenge and a, a constant part of your aviation career, whether it's a recreational pilot license flight test, PPL, CPL, instrument rating, instructor rating, ATPL uh, type ratings, all, they're, they're right the way through your career. All right, there's always tests and then proficiency checks, which we'll get onto in a minute. So the best thing to do with flight tests is there is going to be a comprehensive uh, amount of ground time and a flight component. There's basically two stages. So the ground component, comprehensive study is what you really need to do. Leave no stone unturned. Study all the relevant materials and regulations, your SOPs, your flight manual, your checklists, all of that. You can use the relevant flight test form as a guide as to what is being assessed. Match that along with Schedule 8 of the manual standards or the MOS, which shows the tolerances you need to meet, like plus or minus 150 feet of altitude maintenance, for example. Now, Schedule 8 is a whole nother discussion because the Flight Examiner Handbook, the requirements in there go hand in hand with Schedule 8. So remember with flight tests, it's not just about as long as you go up and down but don't exceed 150 feet, for example, of your nominated altitude, that's not necessarily acceptable because in the Flight Examiner Handbook, there are other areas that the examiner is looking at and technique is one of those. So if you're going up and down plus or minus 150 feet all the time, there's probably something else that needs to be looked at, like your ability to trim an airplane, setting the power properly, leveling off from a climb or a descent. All right, so the technique is also under assessment, not just the manual standards. All right, when else you're getting ready for flight tests, make sure you simulate test conditions. So practice under the conditions as close to real test as possible. And that is with your instructor being as hands-off as they can, not talking, not inputting, really just telling you what to do, when and where, as far as what they want to see, but not how to do it. If you can do everything without input from your instructor, then that's a good sign that you are doing everything by yourself and you're ready for the flight test. This will typically be your pre-licensed flight test. And that test, or the, that flight rather, should be harder than the flight test. You've done all the hard work, all right? So remember to relax. The hardest part's behind you. You've been recommended for the flight test. Take some solace in that and know that the pre-license and the build-up training to that point is far more thorough and harder than the test being comprehensive. The test is just a sample of what is needed to be seen. You don't have to do every single type of stall, every single type of climb, turn, etc. Okay. We don't have time for that on a flight test. It's long enough as it is and it's stressful enough as it is without adding all this extra stuff to it. So if you've done all that, just know that we're just sampling it. There's no secrets. There's no traps. Everything is on the flight test form. So 
that's what we're going to ask to to see. So if it says to do a 45 degree turn, then that's what you can expect to be asked to do. All right. Once you've done flight tests and your licensed pilot, then proficiency checks come into play. Now, there are several stages of proficiency checks or prof checks as they're called. And this refers again back to my old mate, 61.385, CASR 61.385. And if you haven't listened to that one, episode five, I cover everything to do with proficiency checks and that in much more detail. So essentially, proficiency checks are the benchmark of pilot evaluation. In summary, proficiency checks are as much about getting proficient in an aircraft as they are remaining proficient. Therefore, the level of assessment will vary. A flight review also falls into this category. So here's how to rise to the occasion in a prof check. Remember, this is all about continuous learning. So if you're just doing an initial prof check in an airplane, you've only just really started flying, then you need to keep your knowledge razor sharp by staying current on the regulations, studying the aircraft systems, learn as much as what is in your power to control. Remember, you haven't gone and flown the airplane, you're new to it, so the handling, the feel for the aircraft is going to come over time. And that leads into the next topic, line training. But you should be able to fly that. Uh, within the the basic knowledge of flying an aeroplane that you have up until that point. right, mastering SOPs. So practicing the standard operating procedures or SOPs religiously to ensure they become second nature. So this can be in the form of checklists, flows. Flows are more automated checklists that don't pull out a checklist afterwards, such as like a puff check on final, for example. All right. And handling procedures, company procedures, policies, and that that could vary from your previous experiences. So you might have flown the same airplane one way somewhere else, and now it's been done slightly differently. So these are all things that you need to keep up to speed with and are being looked for on a prof check. And systems knowledge, aircraft speeds, and emergency procedures readiness. So regular review and practice of emergency procedures to build confidence under pressure. These can, of course, be a practice just sitting in the cockpit on the ground doing touch drills in flight under simulated conditions or in a flight simulator itself. Remember that the prof checks are going to be leading into uh, operator proficiency checks and part 119, check and training, check flights and things. This is all the stuff that is going to be expected. And that all forms part of your day-to-day operation of an aircraft you should be well rehearsed in the normal and emergency uh, procedures for operating that aircraft, the weight and balance, performance, limitations, etc. All right, check flights. So check flights are typically uh, the term used for conducting a flight interview, uh, a job interview flight. So it's a bit of a deep dive into the aircraft and the systems to put you under maybe a little bit of pressure to see how you go and handle it. And if you're someone that doesn't necessarily have to be perfect, but do you fit into the company structure and the organization? And are you someone who can be uh, trained to follow the company SOPs and do things the way the company wants? So when heading off to a uh, job interview, obviously system expertise, get to know your aircraft systems inside and out as best you can. That's your ticket to success. 
know the type of aircraft you're going to be conducting the flight on. This this goes through to airline interviews as well. You will be potentially chucked in a airliner like a, a 787, 737. Uh, they're using all sorts. And, of course, you've never flown that before, but they will send you uh, the power settings, power plus attitude configuration settings, which will give the desired performance. And they're not looking at how well you know how to fly that particular airplane, but your level of uh, readiness at the beginning and how you've adapted and improved by the time you complete the assessment. You should be able to start to get the feel for the aircraft, become more accurate, less errors as time goes on. So all that sort of thing is being looked for. Emergency situations, right? So again, regularly practicing emergency procedures uh, specific to your aircraft type. The type of emergencies you may get could just be verbal, right? This light has just come on. What does it mean? What are you going to do? If the check pilot is an instructor, then it might be more physical, like an engine failure after takeoff or a glide approach sort of thing. That will vary. All right, and limitations awareness. So what are the limitations of the aircraft? If the gear can't come get down at 130 knots, don't go to try and put it down at 150. So make sure you know when you can put flap out, when you can put gear out. If you're going to exceed aircraft limitations, you're going to cause damage, and that's not a thing that an employer really wants to take on. So make sure you're aware of all those things on that check flight to give yourself every chance of getting the job. All right. So then once you've got a job, then we move on to line checks and line training. So, and operator proficiency checks. So right now, um, in answer to the questions I've been asked, I am now in or taking part in line training with Paspali. So I have finished my type rating, which is the proficiency check in the airplane, essentially. So I'm safe enough to fly the airplane. Uh, the Mallard's slightly different than it is a multi-crew environment, but that's the same as if you go to join an airline, you go overseas or on the East Coast, you jump in the simulator and complete your type rating, you're now endorsed on that aircraft. And the next flight you do will most likely be, assuming there's no little um, physical parts that need to be done, like some aircraft or simulators rather don't meet circling requirements or other things, or you might need to do a couple of circuits in the actual airplane. Otherwise, you're as good as endorsed. And the next flight you do will be with passengers or crew. Um, so at CareFlight, for example, finish the, the simulator training, endorsed on the King Air. And the next flight I did was with a doctor, a nurse, and my uh, line training instructor who then came along with me until I learned how to fly the airplane and the line. And that's what line checks simply are. It's flying the line, flying the routes, uh, that the company operates on and dealing with the airspace, the environment, the types of runways you might operate on. So if they're short, narrow, dusty uh, runways, you know, your short field precision approach criteria all need to be met. Um, could be nighttime instrument flying. So your IFR skills need to be up to spec. Uh, you need to be able to handle the role. So for me at the moment, I'm, dealing with passengers, passenger briefs, opening the door. I've got little tender boats docking next to me. I've got to jump out, hold the boat, make sure it doesn't damage the aircraft while the airplane's going and refueling and all these things. And there's all sorts of stuff to do with operating that aircraft in that environment that you need to learn over and above just 
the basic operation of the airplane. So that's what line checks are. Um, so big part of that is crew coordination and communication really is the linchpin. So working seamlessly with your crew, whether it's multi-crew, single pilot, or you may have other uh, people, as I said, like CareFlight, RFDS, for example, the doctor and nurses form part of the operating crew. So good communication with them. It could just be good communication with your passengers so they know what's going on as well. All right, so emphasizing all the CRM tools that you're taught and MCC and, and that sort of thing. SOPs in action, so adhering to the SOPs. Remember, it's not just about uh, ticking boxes. It's about keeping everyone safe during complex operations. Uh, the Mallard flight yesterday, that was a 12-hour duty, got up early in the morning, uh, long days flying, fatigue starts to set in, you're more vulnerable to mistakes. So the adherence to SOPs, to checklists, slowing things down a little bit, recognizing your uh, mental state, et cetera, are all part of that process. And that's what check pilots want to see, that you can be self-aware and take the steps to mitigate mistakes. All right, and then meticulous planning. So thorough planning through your flights, taking into account all the various contingencies from weather, fuel availability, alternates, um, NOTAMs, which might limit what's normally available, last-minute weather changes. At the moment, we've got plenty of bushfires going on still. So what is otherwise a blue day could be completely smoked out and limited visibility to get into destinations. All those parameters you're expected to be uh, thinking about and aware of and just uh, monitoring as the day or the flight goes on. All right, operator proficiency checks are just that. So as I've mentioned before, part 119 check and training processes will eventually <laughs> be put in. Uh, it's been delayed again, but it will come into play. And so part of that is essentially a prof check 61385, like I said before, but it'll be done every six months for IFR and 12 months for VFR flights. It may be done at greater uh, timelines than that. That's up to the individual company to decide how they're going to do things. All right, but everything I talked about in the proficiency check section is really what falls under an OPC. So that will be done as a progress check. So once you are checked to line, it's just a check to make sure that your systems knowledge, aircraft knowledge, emergency procedures knowledge, company SOP knowledge, et cetera, is still at the level that's expected. And remember, should always be greater than the last proficiency check you conducted. All right. Once you've done all that, you move into an airline environment, and this is where loft training comes in, or loft, rather, it's not training training, but line-orientated flight training. And loft assessments typically simulate challenging real-world scenarios. Uh, it's carried out in a flight simulator. It's usually part of the, either the initial or the recurrency of uh, flight crew training, and it involves detailed in a real-time representative of line operations, real-time environment, simulating the kind of flying that you would expect to do on the line, but includes uh, an emphasis on abnormal situations, which can involve communications, management, and leadership skills. And the abnormalities which will be encountered are usually not pre-briefed. So just like real life, Murphy doesn't say, hey, in 10 minutes, an engine's going to fail. And uh, here's a little heads up just so you can start getting ready. 
So unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. If it did, then uh, just about anyone could do our job. So this is where your knowledge of your uh, check processes, pulling out your QRHs or EFCOMs and knowing all the boldface memory items, phase one checks, and then when to pull out the checklist and go through the uh, read, read and do checks. That's all part of the loft training as well. So some strategies to help get through all that process is obviously CRM. So demonstrate effective teamwork and leadership in the cockpit. Work with your fellow crew member or other crew, depending on the scenario, and work through the systems and feel free to speak up if you're not happy with what's going on. All right? The whole process of that uh, command gradient is to know when it's okay to speak up and say, hey, Captain, I think you've missed something. And following the process, usually all going well, they should be grateful for you for pointing that out. Right? They're only human too. Decision-making under pressure. So again, showcase your ability to make critical decisions swiftly and safely. You can't um and ah and wonder and worry and what would you do and what do you think? Sometimes there's no time for that. You have to make the best call you can. Typically, it's going to be in a multi-crew environment, but it could be single as well. All right. So again, a lot of these points will relate to some of the other checks I mentioned. And handling the unexpected, always anticipate the unexpected and be prepared to adapt. And again, knowing of those those QRH memory items and, and checklists and flows, cockpit orientation and familiarity with where everything is and systems, how they all work, will go a long way in helping with all that. All right, so heaps of tips there. I hope that sort of clarifies all the different checks and things that come out. Just to remember, to summarize, stay organized, plan your study, practice meticulously, use the checklist to stay on top of it all. Remember, checklists are there for times of stress and anxiety where you're likely to skip over things and make mistakes and miss stuff. You don't want to be doing that. All right, so keep learning, go through the process. Practice your drills. Rest and wellness. Don't underestimate the importance of just being well-rested and physically and mentally fit. There's nothing worse than just being tired, staying all night, cramming, and then waking up tired, lethargic, brain's just not working, and you just absolutely tank it, not doing anyone any good. I can suggest if you don't know it by now, it's probably a bit too late. So just remember in aviation, preparation isn't just a step, it's the whole journey, right? Whether we're gearing up for proficiency check, check flight, OPC or flight test, being prepared instills the confidence and safety in you and your assessor. So keep learning, practicing and evolving to stay at the best of your skills that you can. All right, guys, that's it for this week's episode. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for the comments and feedback you've been given. Uh, giving me i haven't had um, any little uh feedback on uh, apple podcast for a little while i'd love to see a five-star review and a comment if you would be so kind also spotify have recently introduced the ability to give feedback or ask questions on each episode uh works on your phone i'm not sure if it works on the computer version but certainly on your phone there's ways to uh, comment on what you thought of the episode and ask questions or feedback or anything or just say how much you're loving it. I love reading all those and I will respond. So feel free to do that as well. 
All right, that's it for this week. Sorry for being a day late, but, uh, yep, I'll keep plugging away. <laughs> and as always, all the contact details for me are in the link episode description. Until then, blue skies, stay safe, and remember the golden rule. Aviate, navigate, communicate. Cheers, everyone.